This is the Property Solopreneur Podcast, and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Property Solopreneur. And this week, I'm explaining why I think the concept of a work-life balance is flawed. Flawed because we're all solopreneurs doing something different in property, which I hope is still lighting you up, making you want to leap out of bed every morning. But I do get conversations and feedback from those I mentor that after a while, they start to think it's getting a bit tricky to get the balance right. Now, balance, cards on table here. I think it's balance that's the problem. Balance, what does balance mean? It means 50-50. Nothing is heavier than the other. Well, That can't happen if you are a solopreneur for so many reasons. So let's, although I'm going to have to use the word balance because it's a phrase we all use and bandy about and understand, it's really not very helpful, is it? How we divide our, our world up is different from all of us. Unless we're unencumbered by dependents, be they children or parents, and for some of us, it's a double whammy or have no significant other that actually your life is already being impacted by family life and the demands are going to, on what you do with them is going to work out how you divide up that 24-7 and you then have the bit left over to do your work in. But I think property might be so exciting to you that you can't wait to hit your site or office every morning you know, and immerse ourselves in all those necessary things to keep all the plates spinning in the air. To that end, most of us don't feel there is an imbalance. We only feel there's an imbalance when something else is prodding us and making us do two things at once. And of course, where are you in your business? Are you at the start? Well, none of us can just assume that property will give us the money and the time to do what we want when we want from the start. Now, that is contrary to the impression that many people get. And I know it. You go to networking meetings and you hear an inspiring talk and you know, straight away you start with, this is what I've achieved. This is where I've got to. The yacht, the amazing villa, the amazing lifestyle. What you don't see is the fact, well, occasionally you see it on social media, someone is brave enough to remind people that the first five years were hell. They slept in their office. They had no money, no holidays. They had a car that was held together with bits of string. All those things get glossed over because they're not they're not sexy. They don't sell the whole dream, does it really, frankly? But it's a fact. It will happen. And to a certain degree, it happens because you are so in the moment, so loving doing what you're doing, that you don't notice that actually your car really does need a serious going over and it is held together with duct tape and bits of string. So if you are new to property and you love the concept of what it's going to bring you, but you've always hankered after an ordinary existence, then Perhaps property is going to make you feel somewhat discombobulated, you know, because, and I know everyone's going to back me up here for those who are still doing property and loving it, that it's never the same. You are always, always ricocheting off the last drama or the project. And trust me, you don't have mini dramas in property. It's always a bit, you know, cliffhanger. Will I, won't I? Will it destroy the project? Will it go over budget? These are always big things. And 
the extraordinary thing about property is that on paper, you don't know if your project is going to be one of those that just slides in and out of your eyesight, achieving everything with absolutely no problem whatsoever. And you're going, well, I thought that was going to be a problem, but absolutely it will work like clockwork. And then your lovely little two-bed terrace, which should be a doddle, you know, cookie cutter, throws up every conceivable problem you could possibly imagine. You know, you go grey overnight. That's the fun of property. You know, you do not know what is going to happen next. And how you approach work is going to make how you have a balance really matter. So are you a workaholic? Or are you someone who does the absolute bare minimum to make stuff happen? Now, interestingly, I have both of those people in my groups and both are mega successful, honestly. Now, workaholic, pretty obvious, but workaholics often, nowadays, it would seem working families. I often come across groups of them that probably all work for their own family company or they all do their own thing and come together, but they all get the fact that for most of the day, they're just going to have their work heads on. That's what really lights them up. And when they get together in the evening, guess what they talk about? Hmm, Work. But interestingly, the others, the minimalists, they are very, very successful too. Why? Because they are very analytical. They look at everything. They're very calm. And if they're looking over a process, a systems process, okay, let's just hone in on that little bit there. Why am I doing that? No real reason. It's just that it's always done that way. I'm going to eliminate it. So they free up time because they are so you know, used to not spending all their time thinking they have to be doing something that they can actually get an awful lot more done in a short space of time. So both both is fine, but most of us, actually, to be quite honest, somewhere in the middle. You know, we have blitzes of unbelievable workaholics and that, that leaves us wiped out for a few days. And there are other times when you've got, well, you know, you've got a whole day, but not quite sure what you're going to do with it. But that's as it may be. And of course, I'm afraid there are some people who their world is devoid of anything except work. But this has not always been thought of as a bad thing. Because if you look back in history, you know, Leonardo da Vinci, we was clearly one of those. His life was only work. But we don't think of it that way because, you know, he was such a Renaissance man that he balanced everything. Everything was something he could do. And that tends, I think, to follow the thought process that if people are actually only ever to do work, they turn everything into work. But actually what they're doing is just being massive overachievers. You've all met them. You know, they're great at work. And then they think, oh, I'm a little bit stressed. So I'm going to take up watercolouring. Next thing you know, they're exhibiting at the Royal Academy. Or they take up Tai Chi or some other such thing later in life. No, nope, they're off to the Olympics next. They just can't help themselves. But if that's not you, don't base what you should be doing on what they're doing. You've got to look inside yourself and go, no, for me, I've got to think about it in a different way. So the balance thing, very different for everybody. And it's very easy to forget that as we start doing it, that, you know, yes, property brings financial freedom, but it's the time you're after. It's just the time bit gets trampled really quite severely on when we're just getting going. And then as we come out of the startup phase, it gets caught up in that spider's web of constant activity. And it's not always useful activity, but you are in the mindset that says it's daylight. I've got to be doing something. I suspect you're probably somewhere in the middle. And if you're doing the whole property solopreneurship, well, actually, it only feels that it's not its work as opposed to pleasure. Whatever it is you're doing isn't going 100% your way. You know, something perhaps every day that you have to do that's not your go-to activity, that feels like work. But for the rest of the time, no, you're in your happy zone. You love it. 
So, you know, work can feel like a pleasure and not be work. I quite get that. And it can also be picked up and put down many times in a day. Some people don't notice that actually they've got a much better balance than they think. And that's because they've got into the habit of working around whatever it is. So their laptop is always with them. They flick it open constantly. They churn off a few quick emails, shut it down, resume watercolouring or whatever it is, dealing with the children. And that's how they work. And some people have got into that habit during COVID. They had to because they were homeschooling. Well, just make sure that it's still working for you. That's all that needed to happen. But for most of us, I think we only actually think, oh, am I getting this right? When we realise it's gone wrong. And I think it goes wrong at key pinch points during the year, usually when society norms dictate that holidays are going to happen. Now, this whole reason for this podcast was this morning, I had one of my usual accountability calls. And there was only one person in that group who was not on holiday. Now, I'll quickly say now, the reason he wasn't on holiday was not because he doesn't take holidays. He does, but at different times of the year, because he does totally different sports and activities from everyone else. But everybody else, funnily enough, had sent me in the most delightful photographs of what they were doing. Uh, some, well, one was moving house, but you know, most of them were bobbing about somewhere, you know, by a beach, sipping delicious drinks, you know, the sort that have got little cocktail umbrellas sticking out the top. They were doing what society said that you should be doing in August, having a holiday. Well, that's fine. But if you can't do that this year, that's when you're going to think this property stuff, this sucks, frankly. I'm, I can't do my downtime. Remember, it's not forever. And you do absolutely have to have holiday or you're just going to run out of steam and burn out. And the problem for most of us is that we don't use our diary correct. And how many of you, because I know it's happened to me, will open your diary on probably Sunday night just to see how next week's going to pan out. And you go, oh my word, I'm off on Thursday and Friday. When did that happen? I, I knew it was coming up, but gosh, have I lost a week mentally? And then your next thought is, well, perhaps I'll put it off. You know, there's just too much to do. Because frankly, I know the world is going to fall apart if I take time off. Well, unless you're in the middle of a really difficult bit of a build or refurb, then you should be able to take off because come on, you're a professional property solopreneur and you should be thinking ahead. And think about it logically. If you're good at this property thing, then you're organised. You have to be organised. You can't just float along, you know, not doing anything. It just doesn't work like that. Why? Because you've got to organise builders, lawyers, solicitors, mortgage people, estate agents. Well, why don't you just add you to that list of people you've got to organise? Treat yourself if you find it difficult as a third person. Rachel will be off on Thursday. Her work needs to be done by someone else. You know, that kind of mentality. And my word, it makes a big, big difference. So, it does, it, you know, I have to confess though, it does matter where you are in your cycle. So I'm talking here about being organised and making sure that everything works. Well, particularly when you're at the beginning, absolutely vital because there's so much to learn, isn't there? There's so much going on all at once, so much to get wrong, so much to miss. Or to be quite frank, if you run over time, that's going to cost you money. But I've been there in the first few years of my property world. It was all hands on pump. And people always remember the story. I you know, I couldn't take time off in the middle of a very big build that I was doing when one of my children had flu, single parent at the time because my husband was deployed. So I wrapped her up in, in a, you know, a lot of duvets and, and dosed her up with all the sort of medicines I could and popped her in the car and it was in the front garden of the build that I was doing. My builders were horrified. They were at work and I should have been at home. But their wives were looking after you know, their children. But I didn't have an, an extra who could do something. He was away. So in order for my build to work, in order for everything to happen, because it's massive financial outlay, 
my child just had to be in the car, quite happy, slept throughout, just has no memory of that whatsoever. But it has to be done. You know, in the beginning of your your property work, you expect to have your nose to the grindstone. You've got a new business. That's absolutely normal. But when you go to write business plan two, three, four, you need to be putting time in there. You know, what will you be doing when you've finally got to financial freedom if you aren't able to share it with someone because you've not taken the time off to actually interact with other people? Now, you might be at the beginning or not, but you might be part of the bigger world, which I call floaters. And that's because you're bimbling along. You're neither fast, you're neither slow, you're neither a workaholic, nor are you, you know, someone who just does the bare minimum. You just, it's all just all consuming and it's just all day and you just do it at your own pace. Probably because you've gone, started to work around your children. But often it's because it's a habit. You get out of bed, bear with me now, this is what many people describe to me. You get out of bed, you hit the desk, you go to the site, you return to your desk, you make the phone calls, you eat something, you then go out networking, you go back to home to bed, you rise up the next morning, you rinse and repeat ad nauseum. And it becomes a habit. If you are not doing that, you think you've got it wrong. Well, we always get told that habits, you know, habits seven, or is it five or seven? I can never remember. Great habits of successful people. Well, yes, habits can be wonderful, but they can also be a massive hindrance if they are the wrong habit. So have a look at your habits and see whether or not that's causing you a problem and stopping you from doing what you want to do. Have you built the business of your dreams? Are you there? Are you actually, you know, you've done what you said you were going to do, but you're still in the hamster wheel? You know, did you forget that you planned to do property flat out for five years? but then you forgot to stop. That is very, very common, partly because it is very addictive, this whole property thing. Well, it's time for a strategy day then, isn't it? You know, Come and book a day with me and let's get everything organised. Tease out where you're going and how you're going to get there. You know, it's odd, but sometimes we just ourselves can't see that we've already got to where we want to be. We need the outside questioning. We need the prodding to say, oh yeah, yeah, I, I could do something slightly different now. And um, yeah, I'd like that. Uh, it will probably be beneficial all round for me, both my wallet and my brain. Or you might need to have a spot of accountability to keep you from ru- stop you running on the treadmill. You know, to work more mindfully and purposefully. Those are words that are banded about all the time, and they are slightly nauseating. But you know, I'm a great fan of purpose. Why would you do anything that didn't have a proper purpose? And that's the same for work as it is for home. Anyway, follow the links in the show notes, and let's connect and see what how we can work together. And let's get everything doing in your business as it should do. So let's return to the fact that this is your life and your work balance, nobody else's. So don't compare yourself to other people. Because I think actually, as solopreneurs, that unless this is either damaging your wealth because you're doing too little work or your health because you're doing too much work, then actually you're you're probably okay. You shouldn't be going, well, everybody else is having 28 days or whatever. So you might find you may be surprised to discover that there are the occasional person in my accountability groups who honestly think that somehow just by being with other solopreneurs and other property peeps, that it'll all happen for them, but they don't have to do anything. I have to prod them and go, come on, you're not actually doing enough. Let's get some timelines in there. Let's, you know, two weeks ago, you told me you were going to do this and you haven't done that. How how do you expect to achieve if you don't pick up the phone, if you don't go and find the funding if you don't actually go and find those deals and then find the builders. That's what I've got to prod. You may be, of course, at the opposite end when actually your health is clearly 
suffering. And I've got to say, whoa, you said last two weeks ago that you were going to book a holiday. Can't see on your sheet that you've returned to me that you've booked a holiday. What happened? What What's causing the problem? Because in accountability, it's all about constantly reminding people what they actually need to do and what they said they were going to do. Cheering when they get it right and supporting when it's not going according to plan. So that might be something that you need. But most of all, if you think you've got a problem, you've got to get yourself organised in your diary. Your diary is the tool to absolutely everything because it becomes the gatekeeper to your life, doesn't it? What you can and can't do. Uh, sorry, can't do this. I can't go to lunch because it says in here in my diary that I've got a meeting with X, Y and Z. Well, that's fine. When I was thinking about this yesterday and jotting myself a few notes, as I always do, I suddenly got a cancellation for something I should have been doing yesterday afternoon. And instead of going, oh, that's fabulous. I can, you know, I can write or do a few more planning sessions. I just thought, I've got a friend I know who had a car accident last week up here in Suffolk. I'll give her a quick text and see whether she's free for me to come round. So I texted her. I spent a splendid afternoon yesterday. Tea and buns. Arrived at four, left at nine. Great afternoon. Spontaneity. That's the problem. Many of us lack the spontaneity. It's not a work-life balance. It's the ability to have spontaneity. So make sure your diary is not making your life hell. Now, I have key dates that I put in my diary. Christmas, of course, two weeks off, sometimes a bit more, depending on what I'm doing and where I'm going. But also, I have a key date. I love to do Wednesday at Ascot, Royal Ascot. Um, so it goes in the diary when I do my planning following the September before. But as soon as that lovely buff-coloured envelope drops onto my doormat, I buy my tickets and my car pass. Booked, done, paid for. It goes on the wall. I can see it. And that's fine because I found over the years that there's a strange vortex that happens somewhere between the end of January and somewhere in May. Don't know where that time goes. It just flies by. You Mentally, you're thinking I'm at the beginning of the year and suddenly you're halfway through. Absolutely terrifying. Now, I also make sure that when I have invitations to stay with friends at the weekends, and I go away a lot at the weekends, I clear Friday and Monday as well. Why? Because Friday I'm travelling to, Monday I'm travelling back, and I, it's all part of the experience, travelling. You know, it's as fun as the getting there. And I don't want to be one of those persons who falls out of a car having spent the whole 10 hours or whatever it is trying to catch a tiny piece of Wi-Fi or scribbling notes or seeing what's going on. No. I don't bother. I'm in the mood with my husband or my family or whatever it is I'm doing. And that does make a big, big difference. So if you're like me and you know you're going to have holiday booked into your diary, follow my tip and actually book out a few days beforehand of interactive stuff because you're going to be doing stuff on your desk, but the interactive, that's what takes up quite a lot of my time. So if I'm going away for a week's holiday, I make sure that I don't have podcast recordings or investor days or any kind of mentoring work as much as I can, because I like to know there's nothing festering away in my inbox or on my desk. Because when I am away, I want to be relaxed. And when I come back, I want to come back to an orderly business that I can just straight away bounce back into. Of course, this is property. I know there will be things that pop up, vital things. They're normally always lawyers or solicitor based. That's fine. If I know I've got something that's coming in, I don't worry about going on holiday. I just make sure that I log on twice a day. And when I see those emails, I deal with them and then close my laptop. But I do not ever think, well, whilst I'm here, let's clear the 100 emails that's just come in or whatever. That is work. I'm there on holiday. 
And I don't think, for instance, that working and holiday are two words that ever should be seen in the same context. Don't believe in it at all. If you're going to have a holiday, have a holiday. If you're going to have a working holiday, just call it work in a nice place. Be open and honest about it. So no, I think the easiest way to achieve your personal work-life balance is to realise that no one else is going to make you do anything because you're a solopreneur. No day is going to be the same and no day has to be all work or all play. Don't try and fill in your days. Do the modern thing and you just practice a bit of well-being and you'll find that actually it's you know, life satisfaction definitely blossoms when you just graph those little moments. You know, you're at a loose end, so you go for a walk. Or you stay in the coffee shop and read a book whilst you're drinking a coffee. And I'm not talking self-improvement here, chaps. No. In fact, you do something that you probably did before you got into property and you've forgotten all about. The number of people who have forgotten that coffee shops are actually for drinking coffee in and having something yummy to eat, not always having to do work. It's uh, we sometimes overlook these easy wins and just how delightful life can really be. So work-life balance, no, it's not going to be 50-50 for us, is it? In fact, if you if you like your work, then it's probably going to be, you know, 100%, isn't it? But it will change as your business changes. And it's up to you to make the decision as to how you're going to work, how you're going to play and when to play and recognise the signs that you've got it right. and mechanise the signs when you're slightly out of kilter and then just to quickly make an adjustment. But to be quite frank, just be comfortable with whatever it is you've designed that works for you and don't compare yourself to others. Because if you get this right, you're going to be a very successful property solopreneur. And more than that, you're going to be the envy of absolutely everybody else. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.